Hello, and welcome to I Have a Few Questions About Being a Grown-Up. I'm Annie Middlemist. And I'm Patrice Ciccarelli. We're two coaches helping new adults who are trying to navigate their path. We tackle your questions and offer solutions while building your emotional intelligence along the way. We're here to help. Let's get started. Hey, Therese. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. How are you today? I am good. So questions keep coming in to our Instagram account on direct messaging, um, asking on our, I have a few questions podcast, ways to deal with different things that come up. And this is probably one that you and I may have both dealt with, even though we were never roommates, it's a roommate question. And um, this is Julie from Chicago, and she got a job with um, a great firm in Chicago and decided to live with one of her coworkers because she didn't really know anyone. And this coworker, as nice as she is, apparently is not holding up her end of the bargain in terms of doing the dishes, taking out the trash, like the stuff that you have to do when you're a grown up and no one is going to do it for you. And no one's going to ask you to do it. So she's wondering how to have this conversation with her roommate without making her mad, but it's starting to make Julie upset. Yes. I definitely um, have been in that situation. Have you had a roommate like that? I have had a roommate like that. And um, what it really taught me was, um, and it was nice because it was a guy. And so he wasn't sensitive. That was one thing I learned growing up is living with guys was a lot easier than with girls. Um, And I just learned to ask him. And as long as I asked, he really didn't care, but he was never going to do it without being asked. He was never going to see the trash overflowing. And I had to accept that. Well, you know what's so interesting about that is, you know, I talk to my son about this every once in a while is, you know, our family, we live a certain way, right? And we're used to living a certain way. We're used to like the trash goes out after dinner. Like you don't leave it sitting around because it starts to smell. The dishes get cleaned up after dinner or after you eat, we don't, you know, we wash the dishwasher or wash the dishes every day. So everybody has these expectations. And I think as people are growing up, they don't know that other people live differently, right? <laughs> they don't. Other, not everybody has the same expectations as your family does. And that goes both ways. So uh, sometimes I think that some people just naturally are wired to be very tidy and very organized and very clean. That's just either how they were raised, how they're, they prefer to do it. Um, where other people like all of that is invisible to them. It doesn't bother them. The mess doesn't matter. (laughs) So, um, and I think that's where conflict comes in because, the people who are super detail oriented and really like things a certain way run into conflicts with the people who don't see it. And the people who don't see it don't have bad intentions, right? They just, it's not part of what they do. It's not part of what they see. Yes. And I think that's a really, I don't know where this would go under and maybe relationship management. Well, a relationship Um, management for sure under the EQ pillars. Yeah. But I think social awareness as as well. 
because you have to pick up on your roommate's social cues. You have to be able to see when something's bugging them or when there's a situation in the house that they're not happy with. And if you're oblivious to that, then that also is going to cause a conflict. Yeah. Where else do you um, get in emotional intelligence? Um, also kind of being aware of yourself in how, like in the self-awareness of how you may put assumptions on other people. Yes. Like you assume this person is just waiting for you to do it and you get mad and they're not, they, they just didn't notice. And if you just say, Hey, could you take out the trash? Oh yeah, sure. It doesn't have to be a thing. Yeah. Um, but you know, what's so interesting about that. And you know, when I work with leaders, this, this crosses all groups of communication. So whether you're a leader, a family member, a roommate, this is so important because setting up the expectation ahead of and communicating what you would like out of this situation will save a ton of conflict down the road. So for example, before we even move in together, so you can have a conversation and keep it open-ended. You don't have to say, well, this is like how I like to keep the house, we have to clean it this every day, or we have to vacuum two times a week, or you don't have to do that. You could start with, so how do you see us sharing the responsibilities for keeping the house clean? You know, what, what are your expectations of me to keep it clean? And how do I like to live? And what does that mean for the two of us? So who's gonna clean the bathroom? You know, let's get tactical. Who's going to clean the bathroom? How often are we going to do it? Who's going to clean the kitchen? If you cook, what is that? You know, how, when should you clean after you cook? What's your expectation of me? What's my expectation of you? And having that conversation before you even move in together so that you can start to see if there's any, any red flags that might come up. So if they say, well, I like to clean on Fridays. I don't do, I save all the dishes in the sink. And then on Fridays, when I have time, I, I do all the dishes that might be a red flag, but you wouldn't know unless you had that conversation ahead of time. Right? Yes. So now Julie is in this situation. Um, and they work together. So this tension could definitely travel into the office. Yeah. Roommate tension. And that's another thing that's going to then make you look unprofessional and look like um, you can't handle relationships. So you definitely don't want it to come to the office. Um, you can't let it build up, though. You can't. You can't let it build up. Yeah, because if you if you let it stew and build up, and you just let her do her thing, and you just get mad inside and don't say something, then it will travel to the office. It will become a thing. So when you, so you need to have the conversation, right? But how do you have that conversation in a way that is comfortable and makes sense and um, isn't going to blow up at you? Yeah. One thing I've learned in conversations is to come from an I feel perspective, not you aren't. 
Okay. So maybe saying, I feel that you're leaving a lot of the cleaning to me. And, okay. and the roommate could say, I feel that whenever I'm going to clean, you've already done it. <laughs> and so I can't. Like, I was just going to take out the trash and you took out the trash. So, all right. Yeah. Fine. Then I won't take out the trash. So you just have to be really open to what's going to come from the other person. So is there a way that you could, um, instead of starting with an, I feel question, I think I feel, or I feel statements, I feel statements, I think work really well when you're trying to express something, but what if you backed up one step and tried to find out what was going on in the situation? You know, why is she keeping the house a mess? Is she overwhelmed? Is she busy? Is she... Um, does she not see it? You know, so is there a way to ask an open-ended question like, what's going on in your life? And just start the conversation of what's going on. You seem busy. Is, have things been overwhelming? You can have a conversation about that. And then you can say, I feel like the house is getting kind of kind of messy because we haven't been keeping up on it. What do you think we could do to divide the chores to make sure that the dishes get cleaned at night or the bathroom stays clean? And then ask them, what do you think we could do? Because if you if you say, I feel like we should divide the chores up, then they may come back with, I feel like it's going fine. You know, but if you ask them, <laughs> What do you think we could do so that the house stays clean? Because it would be nice when we bring people over for the house, for the kitchen to be clean and the bathroom to be clean. What can we do to make sure that happens? And then see what they say. What do you think would happen there, Annie? Yeah, I think it it's always nice to let the other person feel like they're in control with the decisions that are happening. Not that you've been stewing about this, even though you have been, um, about what, what plan would work and, um, yeah. And then come up with something and then really kind of agree to revisit it, that maybe yes. it's not working, whether it's work schedules or friends coming over or, you know, um, and maybe just some hard fast, like you were saying with your family, like we don't go to bed with dishes in the sink. Yeah. Um, no one wants to wake up to a messy kitchen and that's a really good habit. And that habit can go, it's those little habits that can lead to a really successful life. Really. Right. When you yeah. set systems in place for yourself, um, cleaning off your desk at the end of the day, so that the next day, when you come back into work, you don't come into a mess. You don't look like you haven't finished something, or if you get hit by a truck, Someone else doesn't have to come in and see your messy desk. <laughs> I'm always yeah, thinking. Yes. Um, but I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say to them, nobody likes to wake up to a messy kitchen because then you're jumping into their head. You don't know what they like to, to mm -hmm. wake up to. They may not care. They may not like it. They may not dislike it. They may not care. Then you could say, right. I don't like to wake up to a messy Good, yeah. kitchen. Yeah. The I, I statements. Yeah. I don't like to wake up to a messy kitchen. Uh, is there something we can do to make sure that we take care of it? How can we split it up or what can we hold ourselves accountable to 
you know, how should we handle this when things aren't going like we want to? Because we haven't set that contract ahead of time, right? We haven't decided how we're going to clean. We haven't had that conversation and we haven't decided how we're going to deal with these conversations ahead of time. So at some point you need to decide like, so when something starts bugging me, how do you, what do you want me to do? Should I leave you a note? Should I bring it up? Should I, you know, knock on your bedroom door? How, how do you want me to handle it? If, cause I don't want these things to build up because then it ends up going into the office. Yeah. And try to take the emotions out of it. It's just housework. It's just, it's just a thing, right? And it doesn't have to become personal. It's just trying to come up with some different processes together so that you can, you know, have that healthy relationship and and keep the friendship that you're building and not say our friendship broke up over dishes in the sink. Our friendship broke up over trash. Not Not being being able to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Not being able to talk about it and then open up that, you know, are there, is there anything you want me to shift or change or how can I improve our relationship as a roommate? How can I be a better roommate? Yes. So asking for feedback is another great way to do it. It's a great way to build trust and to build that relationship, to manage that relationship, which is another pillar of emotional intelligence, being able to not just, you know, tell what you don't like about that person, but ask like, is there anything I'm doing that drives you crazy? Like, tell me, this is how I want to hear it. Just tell me, like, don't be afraid. And let's tell me when it's little, let's not wait till it's big. Right. You know, Right. And don't do any of the things that we hear roommates doing, like taking their dirty dishes and putting them on their bed because you've had it. <laughs> did you have a roommate that did that? Um, I've heard of roommates who do that, you know, taking their dishes and just putting them in one part of the kitchen counter and just shoving all their stuff over. Like, you know, you left the ketchup on the counter. So I'm just going to put the ketchup on your desk. Cause you obviously don't know where the ketchup goes. Like, it's just ridiculous. Right. Because and, they've, they've let it build up. And now it's personal instead of, cause they don't know how to approach it in a way that's not going to piss the other person off. Cause it's, you're mad and you're like, this is not where the ketchup goes. And that just creates conflict where if you just asked a question or where do you want to put the ketchup? Can we put, you know, <laughs> Can we put right. the ketchup over here? Right. And, and also, again, not taking too seriously. Just say to your roommate, do you want me to put this in the fridge for you? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that'd be great. That's, it took two seconds. Did yeah. it really matter? Um, yeah. Think about what really matters. Some people always like things to be in a certain place. So in my roommate relationship that I've had for 25 years, my husband always puts my cup in the sink. Always. No matter where it is in the house, it ends up in the sink. And I'm like, stop putting my cup in the sink. My cup is on the counter for a reason because I'm going to refill it and use it for the rest of the day. And I walk back and it's in the sink again. He just can't handle the cup being on the counter. Because he likes it. it For years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, what's interesting is, um, and I actually have an assessment on my website at PEC Leadership for Mind Time Thinking Styles. And it's so interesting because it talks about three different thinking styles and there's um, without getting into detail, there's like the organizer who likes to be in control, who likes to have things in its place and likes to be planful and know what's going on. 
then there's the future thinker who is the visionary who is always thinking about what's possible what can we do and then there's the past thinker who's the data person in the analyst and the researcher and we're all wired a certain way and we all use all three of those but we rely on one or two of them more than the other ones and so the present thinkers who are the organizers they're the ones who are like they like things in its place like put it back in its place like there's a, a place for everything and my husband's very much like that there's a place for everything why is it not in its place and I'm very much future thinking like, well, what's possible? So I never do anything the same way twice. <laughs> I'm always like, well, we could put it over here today and why not over here tomorrow? And that makes no sense to him. But knowing that he is a present thinker, like I can be empathetic to that. Like he's wired that way. It's important for him to feel like his space is in control as much as possible. So if I can change my, my habit to put my cup in one place all the time, you know, so it doesn't drive him crazy. It's not that big of a deal to me. So yeah, that's very funny. And, and in having a roommate, going back to Julie's question, realizing that you all come from different homes, like you were saying, you know, with your kids and systems and processes. And um, when we were growing up, we, we didn't sort our silverware. We didn't have the little divider thing. Oh, really? Fold out the tray from the dishwasher and you went, and it's, went into the drawer and you put it back down our whole lives. And let me tell you, all of us, all four kids have immaculate silverware drawers that are very sorted and organized. We like backlashed against my mom's lack of organization. Interesting. Yeah. We didn't know. We didn't know that there was a tool that could sort your silverware. We thought that was, so we dug for our silverware every day. Imagine the frustration I could have avoided. Um, but all the time you saved and not having to sort, but all the time I saved, <laughs> right. I never went without a fork. I found the fork. Um, yeah. My mom just thought that was a ridiculous waste of time to sort. <laughs> like it's all in the same drawer. What's the problem? Um, same thing with the silver, like the good silver was just in a drawer and you had to dig for your silverware. Yeah. So to Julie, I think, you know, in conclusion for her, just through this conversation and tell me if I'm not correct on this to start with a question, right? Start with inquiry to your roommate. How are things going? How do you feel this is going? How do you feel our roommate relationship is yes, going? Yes, that's a great question. Um, are there any things or systems that we should do to better live together? Because yes. I love our apartment. You know, what are some other things we can do? Um, or that buy together. Maybe you start pitching in on cleaning supplies, you know, those kind of things. So um, yeah, I think whenever you have conflict, it's always good to start from a position of inquiry yeah. on how did we get here? Don't do it yeah. in a note. Don't do it in a text. Don't do it in an email. Yeah. Have a conversation because emails and texts can get snarky so fast. And I'll even hard to go back. I'll even back up one step further than that is think before you have that conversation of what do you want to get out of the conversation? What's your intention? Yeah. Right. So do you want to get out? Do you want to get out that your relationship is stronger? Do you want to get out that you trust each other more or, and this may be what you want to get out. You want to get out that you want to tell your roommate that she's doing something wrong. 
So whatever your intention is, own it because your words are going to follow it, right? So if your intention is, I want to have a great roommate relationship, I want this to be a long lasting relationship. If that's the case, then your question is great, Annie, that's, that may be what follows. Like, how do you think things are going? How do you think we can work better together? What's not going well? You know, what, what can we do about that? And just open it up in a safe place to have the conversation so that she can share the things that drive you crazy or drive her crazy mm-hmm. about you. Right. right? So, yes, yeah, I think that's great advice. I also think for everybody else, before you get into a roommate situation or any kind of new team situation, try and set those expectations early. So then you can deal with the little things that come. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Nice job. All right, Julie, we hope you're listening and that this uh, answer not only helps Julie, but helps anyone who's out there listening and having any roommate issues, relationship challenges start from a point of inquiry. And it'll be interesting what you can learn about yourself and your roommate. All right. Thanks everybody for listening. Do you have a question and you're not sure who to ask? You can ask us. You can email us at I have a few questions podcast at gmail.com. Or you can contact us through Instagram. Just DM us at I have a few questions podcast. We would love to hear from you. 